Morning prayer begins on page three. Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite ones. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Vanity Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalms 125, 127, and 130, beginning on page 504. They that put their trust in the Lord shall be even as the Mount Zion, which may not be removed, but standeth fast forever. The hills stand about Jerusalem. Even so standeth the Lord round about his people, from this time forth forevermore. For the scepter of the ungodly shall not abide upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put their hand unto wickedness. Do well, O Lord, unto those that are good and true of heart. As for such as turn back into their own wickedness, the Lord shall lead them forth with the evildoers, but peace shall be upon Israel. Except the Lord build the house, their labor is but lost that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is but lost labor, that ye haste to rise up early, and so late take rest, and eat the bread of carefulness, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children, the fruit of the womb are an heritage and gift that cometh of the Lord. Like as the arrows in the hand of the giant, even so are the young children. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. 
Out of the deep have I called unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. O let thine ears consider well the voice of my complaint. If thou, Lord, wilt be extreme to mark what is done amiss, O Lord, who may abide it? For there is mercy with thee, therefore shalt thou be feared. I look for the Lord, my soul doth wait for him. In his word is my trust. My soul fleeth unto the Lord before the morning watch, I say, before the morning watch. O Israel, trust in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his sins. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the eleventh chapter of the second book of Samuel. Now it came to pass in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon, and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David, and said, I am with child. Then David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing, and how the people were doing, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house, and a gift of food from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and did not go down to his house. So when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, Wait here today also, and tomorrow I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now when David called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And at evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his lord, but he did not go down to his house. Then in the morning it was so that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter, saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retreat from him, that he, may be that he may be struck down and die. So it happened, while Joab besieged the city, 
that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew there were valiant men. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab, and some of the people of the servants of David fell, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Then Job sent and told David all the things concerning the war, and charged the messenger, saying, When you have finished telling the matters of the war to the king, if it happens that the king's wrath rises, and he says to you, Why did you approach so near to the city when you fought? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who struck Abimelech, the son of Jerubbisheth? Was it not a woman who cast a piece of a millstone on him from the wall, so that he died in Thebes? Why did you go near the wall? Then you shall say, Your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. <clears throat> so the messenger went, and came and told David all that Joab had sent by him. And the messenger said to David, Surely the men prevailed against us and came out to us in the field. Then we drove them back as far as the entrance of the gate. The archers shot from the wall at your servants, and some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to Joab, Do not let this thing, this thing displease you, for the sword devours one as well as the other. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it, so encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah her husband was dead, he mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 50th verse of the... Of the... 23rd chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their council indeed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock where no one had ever lain before. That day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Here ends the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. 
Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, who art always more ready to hear than we to pray, and art wont to give more than either we desire or deserve, Pour down upon us the abundance of thy mercy, forgiving us those things whereof our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits of mediation of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, and all the salts of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hath safely brought us the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, 
and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. This uh, chapter from Second Samuel, I've always had the same reaction to it as I have the chapter where Samson is about ready to give a secret away to you know Delilah. It's like don't don't do it. <laughs> but it it's an instructive chapter on a on a number of levels that that it it shows as a um, sort of example for the spiritual life. Uh, we remember David in his time of running from Saul and in his earlier days when he everything was so dependent upon God. Uh, you know, he was he was besieged every day, you know, bring the Urim and Thummim and let's figure out what God calls us to do. And now <clears throat> David is the, the the army's out in battle and David's at the palace, which is the first thing. He's not with them in battle. And even more than that, because if he's an aging king and can't fight as well, you, you might have a reason to save him. But he is, you know, um, what's the irony of the story is that Uriah, when he comes home, sort of acts like we remember David acting. No, the soldiers are out in the field. I'm not going to enjoy myself while, while Israel's fighting. I'm going to sit here and, and be, um, be afflicted with them. But David is... It says he got up from his bed and then walked around the palace. So he he's just he's kind of entered into a kind of idleness, and so his sort of position of power and privilege open him up to temptation and this that sort of um, you know sort of presumption replaces the old the old sort of disposition of faith and humility and dependence and prayer, and. Um, we can think about this in the spiritual life. You know, we, we lament sometimes these problems we have where we're praying to God and, and, you know, God, what are you doing? But the problems, the issues of life that keep us dependent upon God, keep us dependent upon God. And that's a posture of faith and trust in which God's presence is real, in which we tend to live life in relationship to God. The more we get at ease, the more we forget you know, the afflictions of the world around us and getting ourselves in a position of comfort. You know, where we, 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 that's where the time of temptation can come in, where, where we, we, we feel like we're entitled to something. We, we forget the spiritual enemies of the world, the flesh and the devil, and we just decide what we want. This is, it's a particularly Western consumerist temptation where life gets caught up in what I want and what will make me happy to the, you know, losing sight of, you know, the, the, the afflictions of the world around us. And it's why in the spiritual life, um, affliction um, is actually a gift because it keeps us attendant upon God and prosperity that we always want things to be nice and peaceful. Not that many people of faith do really well with a life where there's no problems. <laughs> um, and and I don't know anybody of, of profound faith who hasn't been through significant times of suffering and, and learned to depend on God through it. And so David's instructive here that he didn't, he, he ceased being watchful, ceased being connected to God. And his fall, which we're going to see, is going to renew that faith in him. 
in much the same way that our own sometimes we get too complacent, too full of ourselves, too caught up in what I need and want. Sometimes we'd have to stumble a little bit and be brought back to God and remember. And um, it's one of the sort of uh, uh, propitious correspondences of our lectionary that David's grave sin is matched up with our Lord having finished his sacrifice for forgiveness of sins. Uh, and we remember that so that so that David's sin will be forgiven because of, uh, as the New Testament calls it, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that this was always the offering that God was going to make of himself to take care of the fact that we are. And, you know, as we look at in horror at David, perhaps we remember David is us, uh, that we we we've we've left undone the things we ought to have done. And that sort of brings us back to that that position of of, of dependence uh, and and reminding us always back to Christ and the fact that our forgiveness, not just our forgiveness, but also life, depends upon Him, and and we will uh, do better in our prosperity if we learn to ask the question, "Where is God in my prosperity?" How does he want me to be generous? How can the good I've received be shared with other people? But we tend to withdraw and, you know, build a gate and have a, you know, and get into a solitary place, which is always a problem as it was with David here. We should note uh, for this reason, Wednesday is our day of fasting and prayer for mission. You know, fasting is a discipline. One thing I've discovered about this practice we've done now for about, uh, 10, 10 years uh, on after being exhorted by Bishop Wilson to fast and pray for mission. And by the way, Bishop Wilson may visit us after synod in October this year. Um, that having a day a week to to fast reminds us of the necessary no of, of, of life. It reminds us to practice the no, to practice our freedom from things. And the temptation comes into life because things that are usually it's not inherently bad, but things that are in some level good, we become too attached to, and then we we're stuck with them. And so the fasting is really is really the gift that we have in faith. Of, no, I'm, today I'm not going to do that. Today I'm going to say no, and we learn that freedom because every time we say no to something, we say yes to more space to. To, to connect with God. And every yes is a no, and every no is a yes. And so this is the advantage of fasting. It's not fasting is never about how miserable you can make yourself, like God will be happy with you if you really, you know, have a long face, as Jesus said, you know, that people fast that way, they have their reward. Um, it's about turning from our, our attachment to things towards God. And that's why we should use this each Wednesday opportunity for, for that for that end to detach and to come back to God. And then specifically to put the cause of mission, you know, before all of us regularly think, how do we go outward? And that's really the problem with David here. He is inward. What do I need? What do I want? I'm on my bed. And we get into that way, we get into misery. And we, we need to, to to move outward. How how is what God has given me? How am I supposed to use that to to give to others as God has given to me? So a few thoughts about the lessons. Uh, we'll continue on this day of prayer and fasting for mission with um, our prayer for mission on page thirty eight of the prayer book. Let us pray. 
O God, who has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the whole earth, and did send thy blessed Son to preach peace to them that are far off and to them that are nigh, grant that all men everywhere may seek after thee and find thee. Bring the nations into thy fold, pour out thy spirit upon all flesh, and hasten thy kingdom to the same thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Together, let us say the general thanksgiving on page 19. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, then unworthy servants, to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. We'll observe a moment of silence here for people to remember their personal intercessions before we pray, close with the prayer of St. Chrysostom and the Grace. Almighty God, who has given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications unto thee, and dost promise that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, that will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants, as may be most expedient for them, granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth, and in the world to come life everlasting. Amen. The grace for our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all in prayer this morning. Have a great day. Peace. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Peace. Thank you. Bye bye, everybody. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.